Merry Christmas. Yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, did you get everything you wanted? Almost. Almost, huh? Well, that's, that's, that's life. Well, there's always next Christmas. Yep. Hey, hey, that's funny. What's that over there behind the desk? Where? Behind the desk, against the wall over there. Why don't you go check it out? Things are dangerous. Shut up. Put on your galoshes and your coat. It's cold out. I, I had one when I was eight years old. What if he hurts himself? Yeah. Get out of your coat! Don't shoot any animals or birds. Except the Bumpus' dogs. Oh, I should be careful, Ralphie. So, uh, confession time. Until I married Heather, I don't believe I'd ever seen that movie. Right? That's what she said. You've never seen that movie? Now, keep in mind, we've been married for 24 years, so I have seen it a few times since then. But if you know the movie, you know that Ralphie spent months begging his mom for this Red Ryder BB gun. And she kept saying what to him? You'll shoot your eye out, right? Even, there's even a scene where he asked Santa belatedly, he sits on Santa's lap and his tongue tied and he can't, can't ask. And then as he's getting pushed down the slide at the mall, he stops and goes, no, no, wait. And even Santa says, you'll shoot your eye out with that thing. But the look on his face, this, this consuming anticipation that he had, right? When it, when it opened, when he opened the gift, just this excitement over what he saw. And did you catch the excitement of the father, too, at being able to give this, this gift to his child, this gift to his son, that just, you could, he could feel it with him, right? It was just this amazing connection. I wonder if that's how the Lord feels when he sees us coming to discover Jesus. I wonder if, if there's this this. this look on his face of just, look, look, do you know how to use it? Do you know, do you know what to do with it, right? I bet there is. Because God desires for us to come to know him. 
to come to know him through his son. You know, the whole goal of this Advent season is to anticipate, to build that excitement as we're moving towards this this day that we mark the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I hope as we get closer and closer to that day, that you too are allowing the excitement to build up, that you're allowing it to well up within you at this notion that God above would send this greatest gift of all to you and to me. We're studying the book of John, John chapter one, really just one chapter through this season. And this week we're gonna talk about the light the light that we celebrate arriving on this Christmas day. So if you would, open your Bibles to John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13, just four verses we're going to read today. It says this, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was created through him and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. The world did not recognize him. John uses that word world several times. Sometimes in the, in the scriptures, he means literally means the entirety of the world. Here, I would say he meant something different. He said the world did not recognize him. He's speaking of those who were God's own people who did not know and did not recognize the Lord before them when he arrived. I don't know about you, but um, I have a, a toolbox at home that is filled with about 14 shades of pliers, right, and a bunch of different adjustable wrenches and, and all kinds of different stuff. And if I need a set of wire cutters, and I've got like four sets of wire cutters, don't ask me why. I, my, my wife's dad was a mechanic, so when he passed, I inherited a whole ton of tools. Um, but... I remember one time I was looking for a pair of black-handled pliers in my toolbox, and I could not find them for the life of me. I'm out there staring at the toolbox going, why, where are the pliers? Why don't I have any pliers? I came back in, or wire cutters. I came back in the house and I said, Heather, I can't find my wire cutters. Why are my wire cutters not out there? And so she walks out and looks at my toolbox. She opens the drawer and she brings in a pair of red-handled wire cutters. So what was going on here? Rob was so obsessed with the black-handled ones that he couldn't see the blue-handled ones or the red-handled ones right in front of his face. How many of you have ever experienced such a thing? Augustine of Hippo says, when describing who is this world that did not know Jesus, it says, he says, who did not know? Those who, for their love of the world missed the Savior right in front of them. They were looking for the wrong thing, and disturbingly, it included his own people. It should cause us to to stop and ponder here, right? Are we 
Are we closer to Ralphie? Are we more consumed with this earthly gift showing up? What's going to be under the tree on Christmas morning? Or are we children of God consumed with the coming of the light of the world? He says we have the right to be the children of God, a child of the all-knowing, all-powerful, magnificent, loving, and faithful Heavenly Father, who, according to Romans, didn't even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he, how will he not also with him grant us everything? We've been granted the status of child of God. I want you to think about the gravity of that. Just the idea that the Lord of the universe would say, even in all your messed upness, that's a word, I just made it up, in all of our brokenness, and it's a wee thing because Rob's got that problem too, he still says, I will make you my child. It's, it's that, his love for us, that candle we lit today, his love for us that leads him to be merciful, right? To not give us the punishment we deserve. Remember, our kind of natural state sometimes is to just operate in a way that is to be enemies of God. As we pursue our own things and our own desires instead of pursuing His, as we don't forgive as He is capable of forgiving, as we don't Love, as you watched the video this morning, right? As God looked down here at the darkness of the world, we don't love the way God wants us to. And yet, he still says, I want you to be my child. I still love you. I still want to show you mercy. I still want to forgive you. To forget all the things you've done, to erase that record of wrongs. Would we be so willing to erase a record of wrongs? But also this, this grace, this unmerited favor of God. And that's the difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is not receiving a punishment we're due. But grace is receiving unmerited favor. Marley, if you saw her today, is wearing this sweater that if you rub it one way, it says nice, and if you rub it the other way, it says naughty, right? Which perfectly fits Marley, if you know Marley. But I wonder, right? I want you to think about this. If you're wearing that sweater, chances are your sweater probably says naughty. And it's like, Jesus walks up to you and wipes it back down and says, no, I see nice. I see the child you are meant to be. I see a wonderful creation, beautifully and wonderfully made. And you may think you deserve a lump of coal in your stocking, but I'm going to give you a gift anyway. This grace includes an intimate relationship with him, an opportunity to know the thoughts and the feelings and the desires of the creator of the universe, the, universe, the author of all things good. 
If you're married or you have a significant other or you have children, do you know your children better than they know themselves sometimes? When I was in college, I was uh, going to pick a major. And I had to because the university said, you need to pick a major. We're not just having you hang out for the next 15 years and spend money and be in... So, so I picked, I picked um, health information management. And you know why I picked it? I picked it because um, I didn't have to take any more chemistry classes. I picked it because the starting salary was really, really good. And I picked it because the hiring rate was 98% out of college. Made the decision on a fly in under 24 hours. Applied, got in the program. Went home, told my mom. I said, Mom, guess what? I picked a major. She was like, right? Picked a major. She said, what'd you pick? I told her. And she said, you're going to hate that. And I said, no. I'm not going to hate that. It's going to be great. And I listened to all the reasons why I picked it. And she said, uh, okay, you're going to hate that. I made it through the major and I graduated. No worries. I worked in that field for 18 months. Guess what I decided? I hated it. My mom knew me way better than I knew myself. Isn't it wonderful to know that we have a Lord who says, if you are my child, I know you better than yourself and I love you enough to tell you. The only kind of, you can only have that relationship with an intimate God. This is one of his unmerited graces that he gives us. One of his other unmerited favors that he gives us is, is a loving discipline. And you say, discipline, I hate that word. And I don't blame you. The world sometimes disciplines us to keep us in line or to tear us, in down, tear us down, but the, the Lord disciplines us to lift us up so we can, as according to Hebrews 12, share in his holiness. And you do the same thing with your kids if you have kids, right? You discipline them when they make mistakes or they get out of line or they say things they shouldn't say or do things they shouldn't do because you love them, because you've been around a little longer. And because you're trying to help them. And a funny thing, though, about kids, do they always see that you're doing it out of love? Or are they absolutely certain that you are the most wicked people on the planet? I wonder if we treat God that way when he disciplines us. As he's reforming our hearts, renewing our minds, and reshaping our lives to reflect him. Yet another gift he gives us is an assurance of everlasting life. To be a child of God is to have access to be with the Father, not just for this mere few moments we're on the earth. And in the light of eternity, you might live to be 100, but eternity makes that look like a drop in the bucket. Matthew Henry says this everlasting life is a jewel of too great a value to be purchased by the wealth of this world. If you're a child of God, you have access to that gift. He has granted it to you almost, he says, well, as a right to be children of God. As a, you, you 
get the gravity of that. Eternal life with him. But that eternity really should and does start now. I think sometimes we, we act like it's off in the distance and it begins after we leave this earth. But the truth is, your eternity with God begins right this minute. You're living in it right now. If you've come to know the Lord, you're already starting. If you have not come yet come to know the Lord, then you could start like now. This eternity is here. It's upon us. John would later write in John chapter 10, he would record the words of Jesus. He would say, I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find a pasture. It means find the nutrition you need, find your grazing lands, find the things that will lift up your heart, your mind, and your soul that will nourish you. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. It is important here, I think, to say that this could not, or is probably not, Satan. Satan is not the thief. The thief here is likely human leaders. Because if you read it in context with John chapter 9, he's admonishing the Pharisees and saying, all these people that you're following that are not taking you down my road. It's human leaders and the earthly pursuits they lead us toward. Abundance in God's eyes is not more Red Rider BB guns. It's not a bigger house. It's not a nicer car. It's not even additional comfort or health or safety. What abundance is, is peace in the midst of the storm. This world can be a turbulent and difficult place when our health is failing or, or when the roads are slick and we're scared, <laughs> right? We can feel like it's against us, and in some ways it kind of is. But to be centered on the things of God, to truly embrace the fact that we are a, chi a child of God gives us an opportunity to be peace-filled and to navigate that even in the midst of all the turmoil. And I don't know about you, but I look around at the world, and there's a whole lot of people who lack any sense of peace. We fly off the handle at the easiest, I mean, snap of a finger. to have this abundant life that God has promised. It's to have the wisdom of God when our knowledge runs out. Because guess what? You don't know everything. Even though I'd like to think I do. This abundance that God is giving us is freedom. Freedom from the yoke of slavery. Slavery to our sins and slavery to our fears. It gives us clarity of purpose in doing the work of God and courage to move forward because eternity with Jesus lies ahead. And I'll read you this quote. It says from William Barclay, it says, when we try to live our own lives, life is dull, is a dull, dispirited thing. Isn't it funny? If we think about it, you spend, we spend a lot of energy chasing experiences, good happy. I want to be happy because 
Inherently, without Jesus, life is not. It's dull and dispirited. When we walk with Jesus, there comes a new vitality, a superabundance of life. It is only when we live with Christ that life becomes really worth living. And we begin to live in the real sense of the word. This is a freedom that I think even as followers of Christ, we don't always fully embrace. I think sometimes we try to keep one foot in our own desires and in the things of the world and one foot with Jesus. And can I just tell you that's not how this works. If you, are, if you are, have been a follower for a number of years, I was having this discussion with somebody earlier this week. You realize we could be followers of Jesus for 30, 40, 50 years and still never mature in our faith. Time by itself doesn't cause us to mature. Full commitment is what helps us mature. And I see so many people some in this body, some many outside this body that have followed Jesus for decades. And still, when life deals them a blow, they question their faith. And I really do think it's because we're trying to be half in, half out. We're trying to put Jesus in a box and say, I need you for this part of my life, but I'm going to live the other part of my life the way I want. It's not how this works. And if you find yourself at a place in your faith where it is tired and it is worn out, and you're wondering why it's not lifting me up and why it doesn't, it doesn't move my heart the way it used to, it may be because... You've put it in a box and meted out the Spirit of God for a moment or two here and there when you really needed it, when really, really it's supposed to be overtaking the entirety of who we are. This gift of life that he has offered us, this gift of being his child, of being adopted into his family, this gift of mercy, this gift of forgiveness, this gift of grace. In order for it to be an impactful gift given by God, offered freely by God, it must be received. We must receive the gift that God has given us fully and completely. We must unwrap it like Ralphie did with the BB gun. Fired up and excited and can't get, can't, can't, just, I, I can't hold it in. I need to load it. I need to go. I need to go shoot my eye out. I'm kidding, right? But I need to go do this. He's ready to go and ready to use it and ready to do something with it right here and right now. And the Father is standing beside us or behind us saying, yes. Open this gift. Open this gift and run with it. Open this gift and put it to use. Open this gift and let it take over the entirety of your lives. It was worth the wait. And it will never let you down. 
and you won't shoot your eye out with it. But your soul might be saved. It requires that we recognize, as the passage today we read says, it requires that we recognize that the true light, the true light truly has come into the world. Spoiler about this movie. You know that Ralphie asked his mom for four weeks for this thing or more. I want this gun. I want this gun. I want this gun. You know who he never asked? He never asked his father. And his father knew the entire time what would move his heart. His father knew the entire time what he was going to give him as a gift under the tree. I wonder if we don't make the same mistake sometimes. If we don't ask the father for peace as his children. If we don't ask the father for Wisdom that extends beyond our own knowledge as his children. If we don't ask the Father for freedom from our yoke of slavery, if we think we're going to gut it out and try to figure it out ourselves, or we don't ask the Father for clarity of purpose, God, what do you want to do with me in this season, at this time, in this place? I'm not even worried about next month, next year. This isn't a decision for the rest of my life, or at least what you want me to do with the gifting isn't. The decision to follow him is a decision for eternity, right? But... Am I asking God, what do you want me to do right now? Or do we say to God, I want to do this right now. I need you to come with me. I wonder if we don't ask God for courage to step forth and not let my fleshly problem, because it is, I'm tied to this world, right? My fears are real. Your fears are real. But do we ask God to relieve them? Or do we try to put it into our own, under our own power to relieve them? We have to be willing to see that he is the light. There is no other light you will ever find in your world. They're all dim. They're all shadows. He is the light that has overcome the world. It also requires that we be, according to our text today, to be reborn in the will of God. Not reborn of a man or man's will, but of God. To start and to start now or to renew now. One of the wonderful things about God's mercies is that they are new every morning, as the psalmist says. And so even if you've found yourself in a place where you have, your faith has kind of just doesn't have that excitement, doesn't have that energy, isn't driven fully by the Spirit of God. If you find yourself asking, why is my faith not holding up in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my fears, or in the midst of my angers, and you're going, I've been following you, Jesus, forever and a day, and I still don't get it. Maybe something needs to restart. Maybe something needs to renew. Funny thing about fathers and children, a good father forgives their children for the mistakes they've made. We see the story of the prodigal son, right? The story of the prodigal son is of a, of a child who is petulant and demanding 
asked for his inheritance early, which is, by the way, Dad, I really wish you would die so I could have your money, and runs off and makes a mess of his life. Burns through all the money his dad gave him, ends up sleeping and eating with pigs, comes home, and his dad greets him with open arms. His dad celebrates his return. You can restart your relationship with God in a moment. It requires looking to him as the light. It requires a willingness to be reborn in the spirit. Jesus is offering that opportunity to you in this season. He's offering it to you every day. But in this season in particular, I don't know how we could miss it. If you need your faith rekindled, now is the moment to start. If you need that fire to come back, now is the moment to light it. Don't wait until later. Don't wait until 12 more things happen in your life and you get angrier and angrier or more and more frustrated. Don't wait until you've hit rock bottom. They say some people have to hit rock bottom before they come back up. I see an increasing number of people that just kind of bounce along the bottom. They get a little bit of light or a little bit of hope, right? And they go, okay, I'm good. And then they fall right back down. If you find your faith in that position right now, Jesus would like to resolve that right this minute. He would like to help you swim to the top, to breathe again, to know him, and to feel his spirit moving you. Jesus is offering a gift of mercy and forgiveness and grace. The question is, are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to receive it with the excitement that God anticipates? Are you ready to rip the wrapper off and run with it? Are you ready to go out into the world and tell others who your Savior is because he is just that good and that kind of gift is not a gift you want to keep a secret. That's the gift you want to show everybody, right? Today is the opportunity to change that. This is the Savior that John the Baptist speaks of that John the Baptist baptized and that John in our book speaks of and that they celebrate. This is the Savior we testify to. This is the Savior we should be consumed with, following and anticipating Him working in our lives. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And I guess my question is, do you know Him? Are you really His child? And if you're not, what in the wild world of sports are you waiting for? Because you were missing out on the greatest gift you could ever receive. Amen? Amen and amen. Again, you can start now. Yes, if, you want, if you've never been baptized, we could do that right now. And yes, there's candles, but we can move the fire. There's water there. It's relatively warm. It'll be okay. I'll stand in there with you. If you feel like you need to make a recommitment, this is a great time too. And you're going to have a minute to think about this because as I, as I pray, our hymn leaders are going to come up. They're going to lead us in a hymn. And then after that, we're going to have the choir sing. You're going to have a minute to process. But I would encourage you that if, if you've been lacking something in your relationship with God, today is the day. Now is the time.
The gift is here. It's ready to be unwrapped. He just wants you to come receive it. Amen? Amen and amen.